we've talked about God's love this morning, how much he loves us. And last Sunday I talked about his love like a father's love for children. And as imperfectly as our earthly fathers love us, think about how perfectly God loves us. And so when he tells us to do something, it's because he loves us and, and wants to protect us and provide for us. When he tells us not to do something, it's like a father telling a child, don't put your hand on that eye of the stove, it will burn you. God knows what will burn you, what will do you harm, what will cause you to suffer. And so when he tells us not to do something, he's just trying to protect us once again from that which would, would harm us. So I'm going to read Matthew 7, 7 through 12. It's about prayer and about a father's response to a child's prayer. And it's very simple and straightforward. Ask and it will be given you. Seek and you will find. Knock and it will be opened to you. For everyone who asks receives, and he who seeks finds, and to him who knocks it will be opened. Well, what man of you, if his son asks him for bread, will give him a stone? Or if he asks for a fish, will give him a serpent? If you then who are evil know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Father who is in heaven give good things to those who ask him? So whatever you wish that men would do to you, do so to them, for this is the law and the prophets. It's an interesting combination. Let's bow together. Father, as we come to think about prayer and why you want us to pray and why it's necessary to pray and what happens when we pray, help us to remember that you are just a perfect father and you desire a relationship with us. And in prayer, that relationship is fostered. And we thank you for Jesus who came and made that relationship possible. Of course, in his name we pray. Amen. Ask and it will be given you. Seek and you will find. Knock and it will be opened unto you. When you, when you look at this command, I want you to realize something from the outset. The one who determines the gift is God. God determines the gift, but the one who determines whether or not the gift is received is you. God determines the gift. You determine whether or not it will be received. Let me, let me explain it like this. You remember children who go through the twos and threes and are kind of going through a, a selfish, aggravating stage? Don't tell me they're still in that in their teen years. But anyway, you know, I remember very distinctly going into the store with Catherine and it was, you know, she'd point to something and say, mine, mine, everything's mine. And I, Susan and I would, you know, before Catherine came, we would look at each other and see children in the checkout line and pitch a fit to get something and the parents give it to them. And we said, when we have a child, we'll never do that. And then you get the checkout line and she starts pitching, here, take this, shut up, here, whatever, whatever you want. We're just getting out of here. Everything is mine when, when they're in the store. But you as a parent have to realize that some things aren't good for them. Some things they don't need. So you determine what the gift is and they determine whether or not they will receive it. It's the same way with God. Sometimes I think about God, and it's, it's, it's like a, an amazing warehouse distribution center up there in the heavens. And he's got all these good gifts 
to give his children. And all we've got to do is place an order. Just place an order and it'll come down the pike and land in our laps. Waiting for orders to be, replaced, to be placed. He says, Jesus says, what, what's that like asking, seeking, and knocking? If, if a man of you, if his son asks for bread, are you going to give him a stone? No. You're probably talking about bread that was kind of, you know, round and, and talking about a piece of bread, uh, you know, that, that looked like that, just kind of a round loaf of bread that resembled a stone. Are you going to substitute a stone when your son asks for bread? Of course not. If your son asks for um, if he asks for fish, are you going to give him a serpent? And I think about that, and I think maybe, uh, you know, maybe some kind of eel that looks kind of like a snake but is still a fish. Are you going to substitute something good than uh, they ask for, like fish? Are you going to give them like a snake instead? Of course not. You're, you're not going to do that. And what Jesus is doing here, and I've talked about before in Bible studies on Wednesday night, is it's a very common argument that the rabbis used in Jesus' day is called from the lesser to the greater. If something is true in the lesser extent, how much more true is it going to be in the greater extent? So if your father who loves you is going to give you good gifts, that's the lesser, your earthly father. How much greater is your heavenly father going to give good gifts to those who ask him? Do you see the difference? From the lesser to the greater, your earthly father is the, loves you lesser. Your heavenly father loves you greater. If your earthly father is going to give you bread and a fish, how much more is your heavenly father going to give you who loves you perfectly? And what does God want us to ask? Here, here's a parallel version of this in Luke. Chapter 11, verse 12. Luke has Jesus uh, the same saying here, but he incorporates a little bit different wording. If you then who are evil... 11 verse 13, if you then who are evil know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your heavenly father, it doesn't say here give good gifts, it says give the Holy Spirit to those who ask him. That's the best gift of all, the Holy Spirit. And I think what this whole passage on prayer is trying to teach us, is trying to help us see is that God gives us good gifts, yes. But the very best gift is himself. The very best gift is more of himself. And that's the purpose of prayer. I've learned this over the long haul. The very highest purpose of prayer is not to get things, but it is just to be in fellowship with God, to be in relationship with him. Because when you spend time with him in prayer, that relationship deepens. And I think as that relationship deepens, you quit asking for things and you start asking for more of him. When you have more of him, things don't seem quite as important after all. So let's look at this passage in some detail. Ask and it will be given you. Seek and you'll find. Knock and it will be opened to you. As I was reflecting on that this week, it seems like each stage takes it up a notch. You ask, you seek, you knock, you just get more and more persistent. And if your earthly father is going to do good for you and give you good gifts, how much more so is your heavenly father who loves you 
perfectly, who sees the future, who knows your heart, who created you, who knows what you need to be happy and wants to give it to you, who knows what you don't need, because if you get that, it'll make you unhappy. And he's trying to spare you that. So just in that fellowship, in that relationship with God, he's going to give you good things, and even more importantly, his Holy Spirit. When you pray for something, and it's really something good, you have a friend who has cancer, and you pray for them and pray for them and, and really believe that God's going to heal them and they aren't healed. What do people say? What do you hear when that happens? I've heard all kinds of things like, not necessarily this particular situation, but any kind of prayer that's not answered, people will come up and say, well, they didn't deserve it. Or they didn't pray hard enough. Or, and here's the one that really hurts. They say they didn't have enough faith. Have you heard that? You didn't have enough faith. Or God knows what's best. Or someone else's prayer was more worthy. I've often wondered about that. How, how do farmers pray like when one farm needs rain and the other farm needs sunshine and they're side by side, how does, how does God balance that out? Who's, who's, you know, some people say, well, who prayed harder? Whose prayer was more worthy? Then some people are really mean and they say, God doesn't hear prayers. And the very worst thing of all is there is no God. That's what some people conclude when they pray and don't get what they want. I think there's more to it than that because I think what God wants to give us more than anything else, what he's trying to teach us about prayer in this passage and in Luke eleven thirteen, is the very best gift God has to give us is more of himself. Just more of himself. I heard someone say one time that you have as much of God as you want. You have as much of God as you want. If you have a little bit of God, then you're satisfied with that. You don't seek more. If you, if you have more God, it's because you seek him and spend time with him. And in that fellowship, that Holy Spirit is poured out upon you. A cab driver was picking up the same fare night after night, the same person, and, and the person wanted to go to the same spot. It was an intersection. It was, this story was in the Charlotte Observer. It was an intersection in Charlotte where Myers Park United Methodist Church sat. And the man was sitting in that cab for about 15 or 20 minutes and then asked the cab driver to take him home. And this happened several nights in a row. And the cab driver began to get kind of suspicious. And so, he, he, you know, he noticed there was like a, a mini mart and a, and a drugstore, and he thought maybe this guy's casing these joints out, getting ready to rob them. So the next night he picks him up, and the guy says, I want to sit right here. He goes in and calls the police. He goes, he says, I'm going to run in and get something to drink. And he goes in and calls 9-11. The police come. And so they're talking to this guy in the backseat of the cab. And they say, why do you come to this same intersection and sit here for 15 or 20 minutes night after night after night? And the man replied, he said, because my wife is sick. And, and I don't know how to pray. I don't know what words to say. But I come here and I sit outside this church. I look up at that stained glass window. And the beauty of that window helps me think about God. And in that time there, it helps me find the words to pray. So he was just coming to sit outside a church 
to look at the beauty of a stained glass window and pray. Prayer is not, you know, I hear people pray and, and they are really struggling over saying everything perfectly and formulating it just the right way and saying all the right words in order to make God do their bidding, in order to get him to act. But guys, God is not a heavenly bellhop and you pull the bell and, and he's supposed to respond. That's not what God is. And the deeper your relationship goes with him toward that, the more you'll understand it. The prayer is recognizing that there is a God, that there's acknowledging that there is a God and that he wants a relationship with you more than anything else. And does he give you good things? Yes. He gives you food and clothing and a free country and a church and friends and family and all of your resources abundantly poured out upon you. He gives you all those things. But the best gift that God has to give you is himself. The best gift he has to give you is himself. And the more you spend time with him, the more you appreciate and understand that best gift and the more you desire it. And you'll have as much of it as you desire. So, if God is a good God, and if he has good gifts to give, then that begs the question, why even ask? Why is asking, seeking, and knocking even necessary? Why doesn't he just give us those things? Well, he has given us a lot of things, hasn't he? I don't have to ask, you know, you don't have, you don't have to ask for something to eat today. You're going to have it. You didn't have to ask for a roof over your head or clothes or a comfortable sanctuary to come and worship him in. He just, he gives those things. Then why does he want us to ask? Why does he limit what he does for us by expecting us to ask? Why doesn't he just give us everything he wants us to have? I think God has given us freedom. And I talked about this last week. He is about why bad things are happening. He, he has given us freedom to choose. He has given us freedom to choose to love him. He has given us the freedom to choose not to love him. He has given us the freedom to choose to ask. He has given us the freedom to choose not to ask. And so God has chosen to work through us to accomplish his purposes in our world. Remember I said last week, ultimately his purposes will not be stopped. They will not be thwarted, but he he is taking our world toward his perfect conclusion. But in the meantime, he's working through you and me because that's a necessary part of the freedom that he wants us to have in order that we might choose to love him freely and not because we're forced to or coerced. Antonius Stradivarius, is that name familiar? What did he make? Violins, Stradivarius violins. I remember being in the goodness gracious, it was a national museum, I guess, in New York City or Washington or someplace. It was a museum, and they actually had several Stradivarius museums on display. And let me tell you, they were some pretty instruments. There were several of them that were out, and I looked at the curator. I said, are these things, are they even stolen? It worried me, and she said, there'd be a card there, and it'd be, you know, somebody had taken that, some violin aficionado had taken that violin and studied it and was researching it and was, um, you know, trying to determine exactly what made it so special. There's no telling what made that Stradivarius 
violins stand out among all other violins. But, but Antonio Stradivarius one time said that he, he gave God credit for helping him make violins. And he said he did the best he could on every instrument, realizing that God had chosen to work through him to make a violin. And he said, God has chosen to use Antonio Stradivarius to make a Stradivarius violin. Does that make sense? God would not make a Stradivarius violin without working through Stradivarius. So what he was saying is that God had chosen to use him to work through him to make something possible that he wanted to. And that's, and that's why asking, seeking, and knocking are necessary. It's because God wants to work through us. He doesn't want to impose anything, himself, his gifts, his purposes upon us. But he's given us the freedom and the desire to seek him and ask him to flow through us and use us. God created us for fellowship. He has chosen to work through us and like any people, anybody who works together, communication is going to be necessary. And that's what prayer does. Prayer puts us in communion and in fellowship with God. So in that intimate relationship, God works through us. And when we ask and seek and knock, our list of priorities becomes much less important. And we discover it's not what we want, but what God wants that's important out of that relationship. So what I would suggest that you do is start out, if you're young in your relationship with God, start out with a list of things you're asking for. And then over time, see how that list evolves. See how it changes and see how things decrease in, in importance in your eyes and increase in importance in God's eyes and how those two lists begin to balance out. This passage concludes with a strange verse. I remember mom teaching me the golden rule uh, when I was a kid. Do un and she said, I, I never forgot this. She came home one day and said, the golden rule is a pair of gloves. Do unto others as you would have them do. And then she, the button of the glove, unto you. I don't know why I remember that. I was probably six years old when she came home and told me that. Do unto others as they would have them do unto you. Why is that in this passage on prayer? I think it's here because not only is the golden rule how we relate to each other, but it's how God wants to relate to us. How does God want to relate to us? The same way we want to relate to each other, the same way we want to relate to him. And that involves how we treat each other. And God wants to treat us with love and respect. And that's what prayer does. It puts us together in harmony with him, in intimacy with him. Our list of, of wants gets shorter. His will grows bigger in our lives. He does not force himself on us. We don't like people to force themselves on us. We don't want to force ourselves on others. And God says, 
I'm going to treat you the way I want you to treat me. I never really thought about the golden rule as between us and God, too. I always thought about it between people. But he's saying, treat me the way you want me to treat you. And I'm going to, I'm going to be your father, your perfect father. And we're going to have a relationship. And as much time as we spend together, that love relationship will grow deeper and deeper. A minister at a soup kitchen was uh, handing out food. It was soup, and they were dishing it out. And, and he sent out a notice, you know, say, said, don't bring a container any larger. It's about two quarts, about half a gallon. Bring your container about half a gallon, and we'll fill it up, and you can take it home and feed your family. Well, one night, this little boy came in, and he was in rags, and he was dirty. And everyone there knew he came from a large family. And he didn't have a two-quart container. He had a three-gallon bucket. And the minister who was dispensing the soup didn't fill the bucket up, but he gave about twice as much as everybody else. He got a little over a gallon of soup for his family. And someone asked him why he gave so much more to that little boy than to everybody else. He said, because he asked for more. Because he needed more. And I think that's the way it is in our relationship with God to the extent that we realize how much we need and how desperate we are for that relationship and for that fellowship. If we come to God with just a little cup, he'll fill it up. But if we come to God with a big bucket, he'll fill that up too. So it's not just asking for a little. It's realizing how desperate your need is like that little boy did. And the more you realize you need, the more you realize, the more you'll ask for. And the more you ask for, the more God will give. He wants us to seek his face and not just his hand. He wants us to seek fellowship with him. And as it says in Luke eleven thirteen, if you then who are evil know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will the heavenly Father give, not good gifts, but the Holy Spirit to those who ask him? That's what God wants to give us, his Holy Spirit. He wants to give us himself. He wants to pour himself out upon you. And the more time you spend in prayer, the less time you'll spend asking for things, and the more time you'll spend seeking him and that fellowship and that relationship. And that's what that love that motivated God to create us, that caused him to send Jesus to die for us, that raised Jesus from the dead. That's what that love desires. Fellowship, a relationship with you and me. There's no greater gift that God can give us. So let's spend less time asking for small potatoes and more time asking God for himself. Let's bow together. God, we know you love us. You put up with so much from us. And yet still you're there. Even when we run from you and try to hide from you, still you are there. And it's our 
It's our desire, God, to be in fellowship with you, to be in relationship with you. For that we were created, for that Jesus came and dwelt among us and died on a cross. And so help us to spend more time with you. And in that relationship, to deepen, to walk closely, and to realize that the things we ask for are so temporary and the things that you have to give us are so permanent. Just as a father desires for his child to come and ask, you love us to come and sit at your feet or on your lap and put our arms around you and tell you how desperate we are without you, how much we need you. And bring a bucket knowing that you'll fill it up more of yourself in that love relationship. For in Jesus' name we pray, amen.